This is a Billionaires in Boxes production. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes. I'm your host as ever, Phil Paluccia, the Digital Business Connector. Uh, today I am joined by Victoria Barker. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, you're usually in the big smoke, but you're uh, you're at my neck of the woods at the moment, aren't you? I, I've actually come back down to the big smoke on Sunday. Did you um, really? So no more fresh air for me, unfortunately. <laughs> well, well, you never know. No one's allowed out, so maybe London yeah, will start. Yeah, it might help it a little bit. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Well, look, thank you so much for your time and, and for being here. Um, we obviously started our conversation uh, regarding your new business, The Credible Coach, um, which I'm sure we'll get into in, in a lot more kind of detail as we go through. But uh, for our listeners who haven't come across you before, how would Victoria introduce and describe Victoria? So I am a co-founder of Credible Coach. So we are a, a review transparency site for professional and personal coaches. Um, so we're in the early stages now. Um, however, myself and my co-founder, we've been working hard to try and make it uh, as easy as possible for people to find credible coaches uh, through reviews, through vetting um, and quite a few different uh, stages that we do to, to onboard coaches. Yeah, I love that. And, and as you know, it's, it's, a, it's a subject that's close to my heart because it's a... Uh, there's there's not a lot of regulation when it comes to coaches and 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 I've yeah. I've and we had this conversation the other day I've often found that a number of uh, the the clients who come and work with me who've had coaches before they've had a real mixed bag like they've had some coaches who they will quite gladly recommend very proud of what they did you know they wanted them to help them you know, overcome a certain challenge in their life or learn a new skill and and it worked really well for them and others uh, as we were saying during our discussion off air, you know, they've had they've paid money and people have disappeared halfway through a course. They've they've paid money and felt like they've really just been taken advantage of. You know, you've got the whole Instagram guru. You know, I can take your business to ten figures. Come check out my lifestyle, and and it's yeah. all smoke and mirrors. So, um, I really love what you're doing. Can I ask though, where where did this kind of come from? Did you come at this from a coaching perspective, or were you a customer who got stung? Sort of, um, how, how did you approach uh, Well, a little bit of both actually. Um, so I did my uh, NLP neuro linguistic programming uh, certification probably about five years ago now, and uh, it was a uh, course where you could come back as many times as you wanted to as refreshers mm. and I met a lot of coaches uh, that had done the same course as me and it was it was you know it was a good course um, but they had gone out and started charging clients straight away not delivering and then coming back for refreshers okay so it really I really started thinking because I did exactly the same course as them and there was no way I would go out and start charging people um, I would do, you know, free sessions. And to be honest, I know I needed more training before I, I, I feel like you should be should have been coaching at that stage. Um, and some of the stories they were saying, especially um, like timeline therapy techniques where you're going into people's past and, you know, they're reliving trauma and, and certain things where you really need to be careful with what you're doing because um, it can cause a lot more damage. Uh, if done wrong. So, I mean, it's no fault of the coaches. You know, it was very much kind of the coaching schools do pitch that you can earn this amount. So obviously you buy the courses. So a lot of people do go out and start charging. 
Um, so that it really got me thinking this this is an issue. Uh, there's a lot of people that are coming back for refreshers that are charging that are doing these techniques we're learning that you know you need to just you need to be very careful and uh, when you're doing them mm. um so then I spent probably about a year year and a half uh just interviewing coaches and people that had hired coaches to hear their stories and this is where quite a few of the shocking stories really came to light um as as I said to you previously, that one girl that had spent twelve thousand pounds on a business coach that disappeared halfway through the sessions. Um people that have been bought into their get rich quick schemes on Instagram, um, but their coach basically just tells them to create a false lifestyle on Instagram. So people will then buy into their courses which are uh similar to that coach's. So it's felt a little bit like a pyramid scheme. And um and however, there was loads of people that I spoke to that had really good success stories, people that transformed their business, uh, their personal life, their mindset, their relationships. And there was more good stories than bad. Um, however, unfortunately, uh, the bad stories, uh, people tend to tell more people. And then you speak to people that haven't hired a coach and they've heard these similar stories and they've seen these gurus and uh, they're skeptical about even hiring a coach because they're not sure um, what value they'll get. So it's trying to find a way of really shining a light on the good, credible coaching that is out there and the success stories that are out there, um, but also making people aware there is bad ones out there. But that's not an industry standard. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's one of the challenges. The coaching industry is the second fastest growing profession in the world. Um, and I've, I've noticed on LinkedIn, more people are becoming a coach recently that have faced, um, redundancies in, in their corporate, um, profession. So it's, it's challenging because there is a lot of coaches. Um, and unfortunately, because it is unregulated, you can just give yourself the title of a coach without having any experience or training at all. Um, and unfortunately, there is quite a few coaches that uh, that are doing so. And um, because it's unregulated, they can charge, you know, whatever they want and haven't proved value to to any of their previous clients. I'm a little bit biased because obviously I I was dragged into coaching and I will say it that way in terms of it. I, I'd done certain things and then other people wanted me to coach them to kind of do something similar in their business and to, you know, for, so we do a lot of, uh, influencer and authority work for businesses you know helping people to become recognized as a thought leader in their industry and 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 i've certainly noticed especially since covid but i think covid's more just kind of put a spotlight on it you know a lot of these people who were were made redundant or their business went bust during this time and you know they did the whole i've got something exciting to announce in a few weeks time so keep an eye out and then suddenly they announced their coaching practice and maybe i'm cynical but i was I, you know I, I must admit i was kind of looking at those people thinking two things i guess like how much do you actually know about coaching because being able to do something and being able to coach it are two completely different things um and in fact i i almost went down a bit of a rabbit hole and got lost when i first started coaching because as a surveyor my plan was to try and go back and design a blueprint that i could use with my customers but that's not as easy as you think like trying to analyze why something is working and why it had that effect and 
how do you replicate that in a different sector or for somebody else in a different circumstance without just kind of going, well, maybe we were just lucky, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas if you've not got that and you've just kind of gone, well, I could be a coach. It's like when people Google, isn't it? It's like top paying jobs in America. It's yeah. like, oh, business coaches on there. I could be a business coach. It's like, well, no, like maybe you could with some serious training and some work, but like just to announce that you're that yeah. is kind of scary. I think that's the thing. Like you could be good at sales, but it doesn't mean you're a good sales manager. You know, it's it's a Very different fair. it's different skill set. Um, yeah. And I think one of the challenges is uh, maybe it's because I have coach on my LinkedIn title, and maybe because I talk about coaching a lot. I see a ton of ads. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn that are saying you can become a coach and they're like seven pound courses, online courses. And I've bought a few to kind of see, you know, are they credible? Uh, And quite a lot of them, you don't even have an assessment. There was some that you don't even, you know, talk to anyone at all. Um, I mean, there is a lot of good credible coaching schools out there, but I think there's a huge growth uh of the online become a coach and then a few i was looking into the company and it didn't actually have a registered company anywhere um which you know people see these ads and they've been made redundant and think yeah i want to be a coach and you know they don't know they don't know anything else so um i can i can understand you know why there is a lot of people that are going down that route um but then from a consumer side it is it's damaging when you've got so many coaches, especially those that have spent, you know, tens of thousands of pounds on training. They've got hundreds of coaching hours. They've, you know, they've done a huge amount uh, to then be put on the same kind of uh, level as, as someone that's done, you know, a five pound coaching course over a couple of days. Because from a consumer, you don't know the difference. Because uh, when I was doing my interviews, a lot of them didn't even know really anything about when they were choosing a coach they just kind of took a guess and went for it well I was going to say actually often the the really credible coaches are put on a lesser level than those people because what you find with a lot of these courses is as you said earlier they'll teach you how to kind of manipulate that Instagram lifestyle and make it look like you're successful or make you appear a certain way whereas the coaches who've been at it for years you know they're just kind of out there doing their work. They're doing their repeat business. They're speaking at credible events, but they're not really like I, I typically don't find many of these sort of top coaches who really are kind of out there shining that Instagram lifestyle. It's like, well, no, exactly. good friend and mentor of mine, um, self-made multimillionaire, very successful guy. He's an executive coach from the States and I've learned a lot about coaching from him. Um, mostly because he's kind of like, look, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars learning this and I, I can probably use about 20% of it. So let me just teach you that 20%. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're friends that you need. <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. It's like, yeah, you, you give me your 20 years worth of experience, I, I will love this. But, you know, he says stuff like, you know, I, I have a, he bought a new Mustang, for example, and he absolutely loves this car. And he was telling me about it. But I said, you know, I, I didn't see a picture of it anywhere. And he's like, well, why would I go and post it on my Instagram for people that I don't really care about so that they can feel like, oh, look, that guy's impressive. It's like, no, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Like, um, it's almost like I'm happy being me. I don't really need to try and prove it to I other people. I buy these things for me not to, you know. Precisely. You know, um, it's, it's interesting, actually, because there was a couple of people that I'd spoken to um that because I, I was there was about a month or two where I was purely looking at the Instagram side of it and one girl had said to me when she'd bought into this coaching um program which 
wasn't so much a coaching program. They said, make sure you buy first class and get lots of pictures. Make sure you dress this certain way, get lots of pictures. And they actually recommended a set, which I didn't know existed up to this point, where you could get a picture uh, and it looks like you're on a private jet. And it's actually just a set um, where you just see the window. It's, you know, the chairs, but behind it, there's obviously like a sofa where people are waiting to get pictures as well. And it's really dangerous because people are looking and they're, they're, you know, it's, it's false advertising completely. Um, you know, you that? haven't earned this money. Don't say, it. Be, you know, you can buy my course and have my lifestyle because it's really, it's not your lifestyle at all. No. It's, it's, it's very dangerous from a coaching perspective as well because I think a lot of, and I'm, I'm, sp- I'm saying this from the coach's perspective, you know, there are clients that I've agreed to work with at all kinds of different levels, but I know what my level is. Like I know what I'm good at and what I can do. And realistically for me, that comfort level is probably somewhere between one and 20 million US. Thereabouts is my comfort. But I've worked with companies that are into the 50, 100, 250, and they scare the life out of me because they're not, they're not my people. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I feel like you know, a fish out of water with those kind of people because I'm trying to ha- use these techniques and strategies that I know work at that level. But at this level, they, they almost kind of feel like you know, you're throwing a pebble into a pond and you're look, trying to count the ripples rather than looking at the big splash kind of thing. And for coaches who kind of, manipulate that lifestyle to say here's the lifestyle i'm living you're you're setting yourself up to fail because what are you going to do with your pricing model are you going to go in really cheap and then people are going to go well how are you flying around on a jet and it's cheap so that message doesn't go together or are you going to pitch your services at a level that quite frankly you're not able to deliver that amount of value so your your customers are always going to be annoyed at you so now you're setting yourself up for okay i've manipulated this perception on social media now i'm going to have to continually manipulate that and make sure that my negative reviews don't be the, become the thing that people see Yes, yes. And reviews being a key one that's very easy to manipulate. Um, there was actually there was someone I was talking to who uh, was offered um, £20,000 uh, for a coaching company for them to read a script saying they were a client and they had all this success with their business and basically put all of their business success down to this coach who'd never been coached from before wow yeah like it's and and it was uh on face value and it, it looks like quite a credible coach and you know impressive online presence but um when he said that I was like, oh that really you know the, there's it's really bad um the extents that they go to to kind of create credibility um and there's a few i mean especially in the obviously this year it's it's not not been happening the seminars um, so I've attended loads of seminars and again, some of them are really good and some of them I have bought their courses. Um, but there is a few, especially learning NLP, um, with manipulation and how they targeted the people that win the room. They were all very vulnerable, quite desperate people. Uh, and there was, there was one actually, which still haunts me now. Um, they made everyone get up and say what their fears were and it was part of kind of overcoming that barrier and if you tell the group we're in the same position you really put yourself in a very vulnerable position uh which coaching is you do put yourself in a vulnerable position for coaching and you know if you trust the person that's doing it you'll do it 
Um, so we all did it. And then towards the end, uh, obviously he pitched his, uh, his products and they were thousands of pounds. Um, so I stayed sat down because I didn't go to buy it anyway. Um, and then everyone who bought it went onto the stage, but everyone sat down. It was he individually pointed to you and said, do you always want this fear? If you always want this fear, then stay where you sat. But if you want to be like the brave people that are on the stage, then get up and go where the brave people are. And it was absolutely, I mean, I only went for research purchases purposes, but my anxiety was through the roof, absolutely through the roof. Cause I was like, and then I was looking around at the exits and there was staff by all the exits. And I was like, this is horrific. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to a few of the people that had bought it and one girl had got out a credit card that day to buy a course and she was a receptionist and she had uh, she was a single mum of two so there's no way it was about three and a half thousand pounds she spent on it um which I was like this is awful because it's using a lot of the things that you need in coaching that vulnerability and that all them things um to pitch a sale um and then unfortunately these types of clients if you know the course or program doesn't provide value a lot of coaches that I've spoken to have said it's incredibly difficult to build trust with them people again, which I completely, I completely understand. Well, you know, it's not surprising, is it? I mean, and, and it's, 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 look, it's really sad to hear those stories, but it's not, it doesn't at all come as a surprise. I mean, I, I'm sure, I th- I'm sure every coach out there who's been in the industry for more than a few years can tell you these kind of experiences, even from their own customers, where they come and say, I had this problem or, you know, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of the, um, particularly in real estate and high ticket closing there's a number of kind of big name coaches who who kind of use a lot of that and they they use the fact find if you will which is like you're going to get the most out of this coaching if you can share with me what it is you're trying to achieve and why but then they flip that as a stick to beat them with to try and get the sale whereas for me that that's all about look there's nothing wrong with making money i like money mm. but I oh yeah 100 right? there's nothing wrong with making money but what I found is the major differentiator is if a coach is involved in something because they want to help you achieve a certain result and that's their passion and the money is something that happens as a result, then you're onto a winner. But if that coach is somebody who's just got into it because they like the idea of how much money it can make being a coach or they want that lifestyle, it's like the people that I speak to who confuse the word influencer with fame. Like I have a lot of people that come to me and say, you know, I want you to help me to become an influencer in this space. And when you ask them why, it, it all comes down to vanity metrics. And, and it's, it's all like, a, I want to be famous. I want to be this. I want to be the guy that gets invited to these events. And it's like, you know, not once have you told me who you want to influence or what you want to influence them with. And the clue is in the name. Like you want to be an influencer. Who are you wanting to influence? Yeah. And I think when you really, I, I mean, that's the good thing about, coaching is people I mean I've spoken to a few coaches that you know they do have the vanity reasons for it but when you actually get to the deep root of your why it will probably be something different um but I think and and also having that mindset I mean for some you know we all want to make money we all want these these certain things um but getting to the core of your purpose, why you're doing something will ensure you stay motivated and you've got longevity in it. And people can see straight through. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe me. I can see straight through that um, if someone's there just to make money and not actually to help their clients and provide value. I think it becomes quite obvious quite quickly. Um, 
But I think that's because we've seen it. Like I don't, I don't think it's. I work in the industry, and I've interviewed it's only obvious people. If you, so yeah, it's only <laughs> obvious if you know the answers, isn't it? For somebody who's this is the first time they're potentially going to go and work for a coach, and they've gone and attended a webinar or a seminar, or they're on a strategy call or whatever it is. If that's your first time, and you don't know kind of some of the red flags to look out for. Um, it can be very easy to become emotionally swept up and invested in those conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, it is one of the challenges, I think, because I've spoken to so many people now, so many coaches. Like, for me, it's very easy. And I need to kind of remind myself that for most people, that you know, a lot of people haven't hired a coach. It's very new to them. Um, a lot of people still confuse coaching, consulting, mentoring, therapy. Um, there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of kind of educating on the on the differences um but again there's there's so many really good credible coaches as well that are really just out there to help people's mindset their business um and loads of really good success stories as well it's just i think it's one of the challenges with the lack of regulation um i'd never want someone to be put off coaching by any of them stories because i can be i can say you know there is a lot of really good coaches out there as well do you know what funny story for you because it, it kind of comes at this from the coach's perspective actually the other way which is a, it's is an interesting insight i've so i've coached um kind of that sme mid-level for for a while so it's kind of businesses that are already established kind of three to five years and now they're trying to get to that next level i often work with kind of like the the movers and shakers the people who are they're doing well in an industry but they're not the brand that you instantly think of because they're not the longest established or they're not the modern kind of guys that have been doing this and I, I like that. That's kind of like, that's where I get my kicks. But I started to wonder whether I could get involved in that, uh, like an earlier stage, like um, these tech uh, and emerging technology innovators, for example, and can I get involved with them at startup level? So I even started doing some work with kind of incubators and um, the Singapore Entrepreneurs Foundation who have like a number of incubators out there. And it, there were some really cool businesses, right? But here's where here's why i put it down right i put it down for the exact same reason that you've just been talking about why many coaches uh, why many uh, people who've not worked with a coach before might be put off by these horror stories i put it down because i kept coming across that over and over again well i'm comparing you to the guy i've seen on instagram with the bugatti and i suddenly started finding myself going i don't want to have to put that person down i kind of want you to know by yourself that that's like not the right option for you but i'm not going to say that to you because i'm not i'm trying to coach <laughs> so it's like well here's some stuff that you should research and here's some stuff that you should look at which is why i think credible coach is such a great idea to, to have like a centralized place that people can go to and look at this stuff because i i personally stopped doing that enterprise level coaching and went back to the level coaching that i was i was doing more often and, and just it, it became the only option you can work with me on so i shut the big stuff because it scares me and i shut the small stuff because i like to work with somebody who's already worked with a coach before because then you understand how a coach works and you understand kind of what that looks like whereas actually i think there's a real education piece even when you first start working with a coach around how you work with a coach and how you get the most out of that process um and that's where I think a lot of people are are letting the side down is that they are that person's first experience of a coach and they're not really showing them how to work with a coach sometimes because they don't know other times it's just because they're interested in their money but it's it, it's like the whole if you if you pay to go to an event once and that event was a complete waste of time 
and then somebody else asks you for a $500 or $1,000 investment or a $5,000 investment to go to a weekend event, you're going to seriously doubt going to that thing, which is a real shame because one is worth you know, 50 times its own value and it's a great thing that you should be going and doing. And the other one was a complete waste of time. And it's it almost feels like pot luck, doesn't it? Like, are you going to be someone that gets somebody good first or are you going to be somebody that ends up in, uh, you know, on the, on the dog heap? Cause you've like that woman, for example, you know, that you mentioned the, the single mother who stumped up three and a half thousand pounds for a course that she was bullied into. Like that's, that's not the right way to start a relationship. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, I've been to, I've been to loads now and again, it is, it feels a bit like pot luck. Um, but there is, I mean, there's been some that have been really good and they've, they've explained exactly what the program, what the course is, what they do. Um, they say, if it's not for you, you know, it's not for you. But uh, if it is, you can join. That's great. And there's no pressure. There's no anything at the end of the day. You know, you know what the course is about. If it's a right fit, you'll buy it. If not, there's, there doesn't need to be any pressurized sales, uh, you know, in, in that respect, because you've sat there for an hour and you, you know, if you're not sold them. Um, but then again, there is, you know, there is a number that I've been on that really put the pressure on. And because you're playing on people's fears and their vulnerabilities, and that's why I'm a bit concerned, uh, especially this year, because I think people are in a lot more desperate situation than previous years um, with redundancies and, you know, uncertainty about their roles where get rich quick, become, you know, a millionaire overnight, these kind of things will become more appealing to them. And they're, you know, all the copy is to really kind of play on that, um, on your mindset that you're, you know, you're vulnerable, you're desperate and you're looking for a quick way out. Um, but I've, I've heard uh, more horror stories and success, success stories with a lot of them, a um, lot of them schemes and in, in certain especially you know business coach you can never actually promise someone a certain amount of revenue that they can no. create It's so many variables in it so it's when you hear them say yeah yes you can you know have a million pounds in the next year and you just think I feel like you're really promising things that that aren't going to happen um and it's sad because if people are in a desperate situation they'll buy them they'll do it um and it's just a bit of a concern that they might end up in a in a uh, worse off financial position as well as their mindset as well um, so I think it is just something to be a bit wary of and there's lots of these people out there unfortunately in fact half of them aren't even coaches like I remember when I first started doing some of our more online based work I mean we, I, I much prefer the one-to-one stuff I was saying this to you when we spoke like I don't I do groups from time to time but like I prefer the one-on-one stuff that's what really gets me that I that's where people get the most value it's where I feel the most energized you know, but I'd have sort of high ticket closers, freelance high ticket closers and, and, and these agencies that do those sales kind of calling saying, you give us your leads and we'll close like X percentage of them. And it was always something ridiculous, like 98% of them. It's like, well, how do you close like 98% of them? Because my attitude is, you, you just hit the nail on the head, actually. One of my, my mentors gave me this phrase years ago, and it really kind of stuck with me, which is, as a coach, you don't sell, you introduce you introduce what you do, and if somebody resonates with it, they're going to come along with you. If they don't, then don't try and convince them to do something because they're the relationship. They're not your client, thing. yeah. No, they, they, it doesn't end up working. Um, 
And, you know, I, I, I remember thinking that as I'm speaking to these high ticket closers and then they're describing like how they do it. And it's like, you know, we'll keep them on the phone. We'll go into what their pain points are. And then it's very difficult for them to say no then because it's like, well, here's the solution to that pain point. You've just said, unless, of course, you don't really want to solve that pain point. I mean, what's going to happen if your pain point gets worse? And I'm like, you're focused so much on the negative aspects of this, like, the whole point of working with a coach is to unlock that next level and be looking at the excitement side of things, but not like an intent. Like I get asked to return on investment stuff. People ask me that question and I can give them examples of like what other clients have done and, and what people have achieved. But I always try and give them a range rather than here's my best client. He did this. <laughs> like, and then, cause you will hundred percent get this. I yeah, think like everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am a hundred percent. I am a hundred percent certain that you might get this. <laughs> Yes. But, it's, but, but it's sessions awful. will have finished by then so we'll talk about it after it's like, <laughs> the thing is, like there's, there's people that you meet and, and and there's people that you meet as a coach and you just think like i'm not going to be able to help this person because like they, they they're either too close-minded or they don't want to put the work in or they basically want somebody to spoon feed it and do it for them and none of that stuff really works so when you see these coaches as you said you know i can make you a million dollars in the next six months it's like no, you can't. Like that person might be able to make themselves a million dollars using your coaching, but even that's kind of slim. But the, just to kind of say, do this course and you'll get the millionaire lifestyle, is is ridiculous because it's you know we, we're now living in an era, aren't we, where you know the whole going to the office and wearing the nice swanky suit and all that kind of stuff doesn't matter anymore. I'm I'm kind of enjoying the the virtual events. Because usually when I speak at events, I have to put on a nice suit, and I know people are judging me by what I'm wearing. I'm just walking around in slippers and t-shirts and stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, I definitely. I think you can do a lot more with uh, the virtual events as well. Like you can go to three events in a day. You can never do that normally. I was well, like in America this morning. I was here. Exactly. <laughs> been around the world today. <laughs> I actually had that the other week. I did. Uh, I did. It wasn't in a day. I think it was in like a 36-hour period. But I did Australia, Singapore and north america all uh, like we're speaking at these three events and i was like the crazy thing is like i couldn't even have physically done that if i wanted yeah. to like, i'd still be on a plane somewhere or delayed at some airport trying to get there and i'd have been exhausted and there would have been wouldn't have been any time for networking yeah i i there are a lot of benefits that come from this and also what's been great about it is that people are now able to attract um, speakers and from a coaching perspective for any coaches listening to this you're able to attract customers in an area where you may not have had much of a kind of a foothold before because you know you will might attend all of your large industry events in london and everybody kind of recognizes you there and then you might do some at the nec so some people recognize you there but then the further up north you go no one's ever heard of you well, now you can be doing events in New Zealand and Australia and South Africa and Japan and Canada. And it's, it's like I said, it's that whole intro, introduce, don't sell. Go and give value, go and add value, introduce yourself. And I've certainly found from our experience that people just kind of put their hand up and say, I'm interested in knowing more about that. And because they don't feel like we're just trying to ram it down their throat and sell to them that's actually been where the magic happens because like they, they want to have a sensible conversation then. Whereas I don't know about you, but I've deliberately not bought things that I wanted because I didn't like the salesperson or I thought they were being too pushy. Oh, the process, yeah, yeah. If it's too pushy, I don't know. I think there is there is something where if I see, you know, what they're selling, what the value is, and then they kind of leave me alone. <laughs> 
for me that I'm more likely to buy because I'll be like, you're, you know, there's there's a high demand. You don't need to be out absolutely pestering me because you know you've got a you've clearly got a stream of clients coming in and you don't need to go down that route. And I think it is some psychological effect for me personally. I don't know if it's the same for everyone else, um, but I've had interesting when you were saying before about the company that helped close um close the leads I had one for well for a coach he actually hired quite a few people to call constantly I had to block his number in the end <laughs> there was that many times where I just said no it's not for me no every single day calling me and then a different number then trying to add me on all the social media sites then emailing me and you know they probably will get more sales but I can't imagine there's any longevity in them clients. I think you just end up buying because, you know, the fatigue of saying no. <laughs> but what kind of sales? That's the point. Is that then Surely they're not the customers you want to be working with. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting, actually, when I've been um, speaking to clients about their coaching. And it's interesting where they say, no, awful coach, blah, blah, blah. And then actually getting into the root cause of it, um, they just weren't motivated by the coaching pro. They didn't really want it. They didn't do the work. It could have been the best coach in the world, but you know they didn't want to do it. Um, and if you don't put the work in, you don't you know create any change yourself. A coach can't do it for you. So maybe that coach has really pushed for that sale, uh, and unfortunately the client is saying they're having a bad experience. In my opinion, it was you know I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was the coach's. 100% if it was the coach's fault or not. Some other coaches have said to me that uh, it is because they should have helped them more. But it's it's difficult because, you know, it has to be a mutual um, relationship because, you know, you're, you need to trust your coach and also you need to put in the work yourself. You know, it's not a – some people think, you know, life coaching in particular, it's going to be a magic overnight success. And it's, you know, if you've got – deeply embedded bad behaviors and thought patterns and all these you know it takes it takes a while to change it uh, it can be changed but I think sometimes people expect a really quick change I think we live in an instant you know gratitude step with everything with digital you know you expect things really quickly um but you know it does it does take work and I think it's um also sticking it out before thinking that coaching is a waste of time it's just you know more of a process that you need to need to do to get the results that you want mm. and i think there's the, there's the 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 flip side of that is also true as well isn't it which is there are a number of events out there who are very cleverly designed just to be very rah 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 so you feel great after like two days or three days of this course but then by the fifth day of being away from the course that started to diminish again and it's dropped and it's it's not because you've made any lasting changes to your life it's just been that dopamine rush it's yeah. been the adrenaline rush there's actually of- a coach that I spoke to a little while ago and she works mainly with people that have been to um a Tony Robbins seminar now I love Tony Robbins um but uh, she works predominantly with people that are on that low so they've been on such a high for a week and then they're kind of, you know, coming back to real life. And she helps coach them on that gradual process to kind of meet them halfway. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I thought was quite interesting. I, I, I never is. really, I never had never really thought about that. Um, but yeah, I think it is, you know, it's great to have that high. It's great to have that motivation. But, um, you know, consistency, especially when you go back to your normal day to day. Um, can be you know quite challenging to implement it's the cycle of flow isn't it and and i had uh i I have the same thing it's like 
when you come out of flow and you enter into that recovery stage, it's the stage that actually it really does feel like a, a crash because you mm. are essentially coming from this high to this low. And one of the things that really helps me is just, I mean, I literally have it saved as my screensaver on my phone. Um, so I can remind myself that when I'm coming out of a state of flow, I'm in recovery mode now. So this is the time I need to rest. This is the time oh, I need to not beat myself that. up. And then I, I know that as I get into struggle and then release, as soon as stuff starts going wrong, I know that I can get out of that by releasing it and then quickly getting back into flow. So my focus is on trying to just kind of make that process work to my advantage. But I, I can so see how if you're coming out of that really high state of flow from one of those courses where everything's on a high, you go home back to your normal life and you realize that the fridge is still leaking and that idiot mm. at work is still doing your editing and your boss still has overly high demands of you at work. It's like, it's easy to feel motivated a room full of 600 people who are all there paying to be motivated. Mm, um, yeah. You know, and then a great coach will come out and help you and, and make that change. But this is what I think um, a lot of people don't quite realize is that it, and you you said it really well about putting the work in. It's like even those kind of events, they can be really beneficial for you for picking you up out of a low point and taking you back to a high point. But that's only so that you're now in a better place to start your own development and your own work. It's not a it's not a pill. You know, you don't go have, a, have take this pill and then suddenly everything's going to be great in your life. You know, you, you have to make it work from that point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It requires you know it requires a lot of work, especially you know if you want in a lot of change. Um, it's changing your habits, changing, you know, your, how you've been thinking your entire life is not going to change overnight. You know, it's, it's, it's a process, but it's worth doing. Um, I, you know, I'm a huge advocate for coaching. I think everyone should have a coach in some form. Um, I've got a, a life coach and a business coach. Um, I think they are the best investment, uh, for your mindset, especially for a business owner, especially, you know, an SME, um, to have that accountability is worth its weight in gold. When when I meet with my coach, I make sure everything is done uh, before I meet him, 100%, no questions about it. But if I didn't have the coach, you know, would I be like, oh, I'll push it back a week or or maybe I'll just, you know, do a little bit of it. It's, um, I think definitely for business owners, it's the accountability is, you know, a huge, huge game changer for me. Um, I think I wouldn't have got anywhere near as much done without a coach, 100%. I find it really helpful to have someone to bounce ideas around with. So it's like, um, it's what, it's how I use my coaches and it's how my clients use me, if you want to kind of put it that way. Um, it's That's like, sounding bold, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, in fact, when I, I think I was telling you this off air, like when I fell sick and I, I went and asked my kind of, my customers, look, I've only got two to three hours a day now while I'm recovering to get better. Where where would you get the most value out of my time and effort? Every single one of them said, it's that one-to-one, it's that sound board, it's that it's the, I can come to you with problems and you say, oh, well, actually, here's an opportunity here. And if we get this person and this person involved, now we're on a roll. And it's like, I don't solve the problem. What I do is I, I will come up with some, some different solutions and some different ideas. We'll bounce some ideas around or... It, the amount of times that they come to me and say, I've got this massive problem. And then by the end of the call, they basically answered it themselves and they go, oh, actually this made yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. I changed like, my entire business model in a session that I yeah. wasn't even expecting to. I love it. Because he was just asking me certain questions. And I was like, yeah, but you know, because of this. And they're like, well, have you thought about anything else? I was like, well, actually now you come to think of it. And then next minute I thought, 
what am I doing? I was going down the completely wrong route there. Yeah. Um, they didn't tell me what to do in any way, shape or form. I got there myself. But having that sounding board, um, I didn't realise how beneficial it was until, yeah, after the session, I thought, wow, I really had a, uh, you know, a light bulb moment there that I wouldn't have done myself. Um, the route I was going down was slightly different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really beneficial to have, um, especially getting asked, you know, strategic questions that just make you think slightly differently. And I think that is the key, especially when you're in business, you have to look at, ver- you know, every side, um, every option available. And, you know, a coach just really helps you to do it. Mm, I call my guys out quite a lot. <laughs> like, I, I don't, maybe I'm just argumentative, but like, I'll be, I'll be talking to one of them and be like, listen, so you've done this, this and this. Explain to me why you don't do more work with the media. And then they go, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had one the other week and actually somebody asked it to me and I loved it. I love this question. So I ended up asking quite a few of my clients in on one-on-one strategies and sessions and the answers that came back were amazing. So I'll share the question with you and the listeners because I just thought it was really awesome. So one of my coaches asked me, what's the one thing that you know deep down that you're desperately trying to avoid? Oh, and I was like, I like that. So I thought about it and then I answered the question. I thought, such a really profound question. So I started to ask my guys that. And honestly, some of the answers were brilliant. It's like, that I hate my business. And it's like, see, that's quite a big one. We probably need to do something about that. Just casually, I hate it. Just really dislike really my business. Yeah, just, Maybe we should work on that because you kind of need to like your business. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm your business coach. I'm trying to help you to fall in love with it. And you're telling me you don't like it. It's like, no, no, I like what we do. I just don't like this aspect. And then it was, it led on to a great conversation about, well, why are you doing that bit then? And it was kind of, a, well, historically, that's what we've always done. It's just kind of there. And it's like, so we, we got into this great conversation about it anyway, but I, I love questions like that because they're, mm. they're very thought provoking and they're not the kind of questions that you ask yourself. So using that question as an example, you're the person trying to ignore those emotions and feelings. So you're hardly going to be the person who calls yourself out on it and asks you, yeah, hey, yeah, what yeah. am I avoiding? Yeah, um, definitely. But having clarity on them things, um, you know, really makes a difference. And it's, uh, again, as you said, the question you're not naturally going to sit and ask yourself. But as soon as you've got clarity on it, when you're making decisions, and uh, you, especially for your business, in the back of your head, you will be thinking about all them answers. And, you know, it, am I doing this to avoid this? Or, you know, is this kind of the route I want to go through because of my real purpose, why I'm doing it? Um, that's why I say I say to a lot of people to get a coach as quickly as possible um but I mean you know there's there's different opinions on it um but for me and a few other you know business owners having that clarity at the start make sure you kind of just go um down the right path and you know you still make mistakes but um it's make sure you're not you know wasting time and energy on tasks that aren't aligned to you know the vision and the goal and actually getting clear on what the vision is not many people are really clear on what the vision is and their employees also aren't clear on what the business vision is um so especially for you know business coaches that come in and tie that all in together 
Um, I've spoken to business owners that have seen a huge um, spike in productivity and trust, um, less people leaving the company just because they're really aligned to the vision. Yeah, yeah the, the massively, take a massive impact with this. But it's it's like um you know when you become recognized. So this is what we do a lot of actually. So when you become recognized as that authority in your influence uh, in your industry, you have to stand for something, okay? Because you can't just become an authority and influencer with nobody knows what you stand for because they they resonate with your message. So the reason they listen to what you're saying is because they resonate with you and what you're trying to achieve. But that's the same reason that people join a company. If they can feel emotionally involved in this journey and it connects with them and they go, I want to be a part of that, you are going to find recruitment. And a lot of people easier. work for a purpose. I think I was reading a study about millennials that purpose is more important than um, money. And, you know, being really clear on what your purpose is and your vision and they feel they are contributing to it uh, makes a huge difference. But, you know, if the business owner isn't, you know, really clear on what it is, then there's no hope that the the team will be as well. Mm. It's a good point, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, love how, yeah. I love how it all ties together and, and, and you know, I think often that's quite missed by by both sides of the equation. I think coaches sometimes miss that because they're so focused on trying to get across what they know to the, to this person to try and help them. But it, you know, there's there's two angles to it, isn't there? You you've got the coaching, but that's almost secondary. You have to have your destination and your essence in mind to begin with. Otherwise, if you haven't got that mindset right, if you don't know where you, it's like if you don't know where you're trying to get to, how are you going to know when you get there? And yeah. how are you going to know yeah. if you're going the wrong way? And how are you going to know if it doesn't feel right? Like, if you've got no idea what that destination that you're aiming for feels like, yeah. how are you going to know if you're on the right way? That's, that's where a lot of people give up because I think, you know, if not got clarity, I'm even there. I don't think I've got it. You know, I've swung to a few that um, I hadn't hired a coach. It's just kind of general public that had quit because – of certain beliefs of certain you know they didn't know they were getting there they wanted to get there quicker and um certain things i thought if you had a coach that would have really helped you to get over that fear of you know criticism where you put yourself out there enough and you know the fear of failure you've not actually gone full out with your business and that's the reason why you've not you know there's loads of internal stuff obviously you know external you know if there's not a market if there's not people for your products then you know it's not going to be um successful but a lot of it is mindset and internal work that um coaching really helps especially founders because you know you are going to get criticized you know that you might fail and quite you know most of the most successful entrepreneurs have failed before um but then decided to learn from it and try again you have Um, you have to fail to succeed i think yeah yeah exactly exactly i think you have to kind of not be scared of it or you'll always take the safer option and you know you need to you need to take risks uh bigger the risk bigger the reward obviously you know um not ridiculous ones it's easier to do that when you have your destination and your essence in mind because 100 yeah you, you you know what risks are calculated risks otherwise you're just blindly taking risks for the sake of it it's kind of like walking into a bookies and knowing absolutely nothing about horse racing and boxing but just putting a load of bets on and kind of hoping for the best whereas you know if you spend some time like with a coach using that example if you were working with a coach who has a, you know, they do a boxing magazine and you're reading who are the best upcomers and you then you start to recognize some of those names, you know kind of who it's worth putting a cheeky punt on. Um, and in business, that that gets missed off too much. I mean, we spend too much time, I really believe this, too much time looking internally 
and not enough time kind of networking with the rest of the market. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Often those answers are already out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I, networking is a huge – I've built Credible Coach and the coaches I've um, in contact with and the clients just purely by going out there and just speaking to as many people as possible – um, building that trust and then you learn from you learn the market the best way by speaking to people and um, you know networking with players in the industry that then helps you kind of be more influential in it because you know it you know it well and you've you know heard a lot of people's opinions their insights their expertise their knowledge you know it doesn't mean you have to be the most knowledgeable person but I think if you've got a wide variety of people that you've spoken to that are um from my side you know I'm 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 not saying I am you know a a coach I'm not saying I'm the best coach in the world um but I've spoken to hundreds of coaches and clients so I feel like I can I've I've got that certain level of, of authority to be able to say yeah actually I've heard loads of stories I can give you advice on it Mm. And, and listen, and, and I'll second that point from 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 my perspective as a coach, and, and my attitude towards that is my business grew because of that networking and those collaborations, which is exactly what I teach to my 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 clients and my customers. Not not because uh, like nobody, no one person is going to have all of these answers. Like I can give you my bit, but that also then plugs into like this, 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 and this, and depending on what it is that you're trying to achieve as an individual or as a business owner you'll have to invoke certain types of those relationships. So really basic one, um, you want to do more keynote speaking events, network with more people that run the industry events and people who sp- and keynote speak at these events. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, is it? You, but you, you have to kind of know what you're going to talk to them about. And again, we go back to that essence and destination thing. It's like if you're, if you're just doing this for financial reasons, those kind of people will see right through you and they won't want to network and associate with you. Whereas if your vision or passion or something that you're trying to achieve and you bring that to the table and that resonates with them, suddenly you've now leveled up, if you will, because the network of people that surround you are now at the very top of the industry and you've got something to give to that table and they've got something to give to you. And that's exciting. And you know what I hate about some of the networking events is when um, you see, I don't know, maybe like a salesperson, I'm assuming, they just go around the room, Frisbee and their business cards out, quick pitch about what they're doing. And, you know, no one ever calls them. No one will ever email them because you haven't built a relationship up with them at all. Um, and I always find it so frustrating when I go to network events, just having, you know, someone immediately pitch to me. They've not asked me any questions about me. Um you know, give me their business card and then go off to the next person. I think it is, it's good to go out networking, but I think, you know, actually get to know the person, understand, you know, more about them, their story, how, you know, their business is doing. Um, and then, you know, gradually um, you'll be able to talk more about, you know, what you do, um, see if it's a good fit for them. I think it's, um, it's yeah one of my one of my bugbears about some networking events i get really no it's i mean exactly yeah i mean you see it as kind of uh you know meet people in the industry certain things and then there is people that go to them just to pitch i mean there was a founders one yeah there was a founders one that i went to uh in uh central london actually no it's probably about a year ago now and then loads of people came to that event because they were selling to founders but they actually worked for corporations you just think, I mean, obviously there is an element where these be better kind of betting for it, 
I've been to quite a few now where you just think oh, it's not it's not the place for it not the place <laughs> not at all I, but, and, and do you know what I mean that's there are certain industries that do that very well in particular so uh, there's an event every year I mean I don't know what he's doing about it this year actually with COVID but there's an event every year for the Federation for Independent Agents uh, who work in real estate and the reason I love their events so much is it is all these founders and directors. It's very, it's very clearly vetted. And even the people who are kind of giving talks, which you could kind of understand if they were pitching, they've all kind of taken the attitude. I mean, Graham Locke runs it. Big shout out to Graham. And, and he, he does this very well. But it's all about value add. And if you want to go and have a chat with them afterwards about what they do, then great. But they're not there to pitch you. Um, and like, if somebody was to turn up to that environment and start doing that in a networking event, I think they'd probably be ousted quite quickly because yeah, these are industry like, leaders not, yeah. wanting to have high-level conversations about what's going on in the industry. They don't want to be sold a new VoIP system or a new CRM. <laughs> or you know, it's just not what they want. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it is. Um, it's is down to the event as well and how well it vetted it is um but you know i've been to i've been to loads of networking events now and i definitely attribute a lot of um the connections that have led to other connections that have then led to a client that you know it wasn't a direct you know you're going to be a client but um they kind of helped me with a certain thing introduced me to someone then i've done the same with them um so then next thing you know as soon as i put um the post up on LinkedIn about the beta program open for Credible Coach. I had loads of people that had absolutely nothing to do with coaching that said, oh, I actually met a really nice coach at a networking event and introduced me. So then I actually had quite a lot of coaches that I'd never heard of before contacting me because they'd recommended me. And then that just builds that trust up really quickly, having that recommendation. But all all these people that had contacted me weren't coaches, um, there was no kind of business, you know, we weren't going to benefit each other um, by being clients at all. Um, but you just never know who, what it will lead to. And it's always worth kind of, you know, building the network because you just don't know. Uh, I Listen, you're preaching to the converted here completely. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, f- from in, in my perspective, you know, referrals and recommendations are the heartbeat of my business. And, and, and that's what we try and do with our clients as well. Is, and, and for me, that and the whole networking thing has been through podcasting because I get to globally network with people all over the world. And the amount of times that that, uh, you know, I try and explain to people, like, it's not always a direct thing it's not always like that that person i'm speaking to becomes a customer um you know what often happens is that that person finishes an interview with me or there's a bit of back and forth and they say you know what i know i'm going to introduce you this person i think you two would really get on or um you know i've got a friend who runs a business and you two are dealing with similar kinds of people but from a different angle why don't you do an affiliate together and people are then approaching me saying hey we should do some sort of a partnership i got introduced by my mutual friend x and it's like you're so right you know i call it borrowed credibility it's like there is a shared credibility thing there it's like i've never heard of you but if this person that i know like and trust know likes and trust you then i'm going to afford you that same luxury by proxy yes 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think it is um in terms of clients I've had, the ones that have kind of bought into what I'm doing very, very quickly and said, yeah, I want to be part of it, are the ones that have come through um, recommendations. Um, all the ones I have so far, I've not actually pitched to any of them. <laughs> They've all come to me so far. So I completely back your message. Yeah, and I think it is 
really, really important um, to, you know, build your network, uh, speak to as many people as possible. Um, as I say, the ones that have recommended me have nothing to do with coaching at all. I hadn't even hired a coach. Um, but yeah, you just never know what will come out of it. Um, you're so so true. And business is a team sport. And the more you go out there and have those conversations, the, the better your team will be. And a be. lot of people are really willing to help you. Very I think true. that is, it's, it was really, it was lovely, actually. I just got so many messages um, where people just really, for no benefit for them at all. Um, you know, I couldn't buy from their business. There was no benefit. They just really wanted to help you. Um, and I think it is, you know, it's nice. Because I think initially it is maybe, you know, seems a bit scary to go out and network loads and put yourself out there. But a lot of people are willing to help you. Um, you know, if you're genuine, you're authentic and you, you want to, you know, just build a relationship with them, um, they are willing to, you know, to, to help as much as they can. On that note, actually, I, I'll give away a little bit of a secret that I wouldn't usually do, but while, while we're talking about it, I will. My marketing actually takes up a large part. Like, I do that with my marketing a lot because, you know, I don't like the sales course. Like I said to you, I like to introduce it. I don't like to sell it. So, like, I'd much rather have an exploratory call or an onboarding call or a strategy call than I would a sales call. Um, so when somebody's been recommended or referred, like they're already several steps further down the buying process. But I could actually say the same for the podcast because there are so many hours of podcast interviews with, with me doing interviews and me on other people's shows that by the time people come and speak to me for the first time, it feels like they already know me. Like, or when they join my mailing list, it's not because they've, you know, they've downloaded an ebook and they've been like forced to sign up and they don't know. They're deliberately coming to kind of hear more news. So rather than selling directly to them, which would almost be like a complete contrast of how we do everything else in our business, like we don't do it on the podcast, we don't do it on other people's shows, like that's not what we do. I ask for help. Like I ask for help and introductions. I say, this is what we are doing. If you know somebody who would benefit from hearing this or having this conversation, you know, would you make an introduction for us? Would you make a recommendation? Because that doesn't stop people and it, and it doesn't stop people from putting their hand up going, well, me, like I'd be interested in that. But it doesn't feel like a, do you want to buy this? Are you interested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, near I think a lot of people have like a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction when you're when you're pitching to them and as you say you know with the podcast they're familiar with you so it doesn't feel like you know a complete stranger pitching to them which naturally you know your instincts to go get out of this get out of this you know it kind of breaks that barrier down a bit more and you understand a bit more more about you so yeah no I think it's definitely um a, a great thing to do 100 percent if anything, it's actually the thing I need to get better at. Like I, I had one day before yesterday, and it was a, it was a recommendation. It was a, a client over in uh, the Australasia territory. I think that's what they call it these days. Um, and <laughs> I was having a I was having a chat with him. Really nice guy. And he was like, oh, "I'm talking about you doing it for my business, my wife's business, and for one of our clients." And we got oh, into wow. this great conversation. I was like, "Okay, this is cool." But we were just it was that strategy session. It wasn't a sales thing. It was like, okay, so where are you trying to go? Talk to me about your wife's business. Talk to me about your business. Talk, what are we trying to do with this? And trying to give some free bits of information as well in terms of, well, this is, you know, whether you work with me or not, like I'd certainly consider doing this, this, and this, because I think that'll unlock those doors for you and, and all that kind of stuff. But we got to the end of the call and he's like, so I'm really interested. So what do we do next? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't like this bit. Like, I, I like the bit where we already work together. Uh, 
I'll, I'll That's a really the, good point. Uh... I'll, I'll send you this stuff in an email, and then we'll just we'll get, we'll get started. And it was like great. And I remember getting off the call, and I said to my wife, "I was like, I could have closed that then and there." And I was like, "But I just, I don't like it when people do it to me. So I feel almost uncomfortable doing it to other people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I yeah. want to work together too. So let's just get that bit done, and let's start the whole. Let's just." You know, I like going out on the date. I don't like asking the girl out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, do you, I, you know, or yeah, is that, should, we, should we do it? Like, yeah, and I can't, I can't do it. Like a date, just just to text someone. Do you want to go out? Like, do, do it to a client. Get off this. Client, yeah, oh, asking you clients client. that. Yeah, should we do a date instead? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, like that. That for me is is is. It sounds so strange, but it's it's almost been the secret to our success because the the way that people often describe us is that we're very genuine and we're very authentic, and and that's I never want to lose that. Like that's why we do a lot of the one to one stuff, and we do some group stuff and some live events. But it's why I also don't particularly like the idea of just kind of doing the online courses on mass and spam you know, spamming them out there. Could be a good way to make some money, but it would dilute the message and the authenticity. And that to me is the thing that we hold most dear. So yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Completely agree. Um, I think there's so many people that are selling online courses. A lot of them kind of, um, if I don't know the person, I've not, you know, even heard them speak. Um, there, there, there is that, um, that element where you need to build that trust before you buy anything off someone to know that they, they are credible. You like them. Um, you know, it's all these subconscious things that happen before you purchase something. But I think a lot of people jump the gun and go straight in for buy this. But there's a whole kind of process that that happens before. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and I think podcasting is a great way to do it as well. And it's good for listeners. They can learn about different people in the industry and research they've had and also get to know you as well. So yeah interesting no i love it look thank you so much for your time today i've really enjoyed it so how can people find you how can people get in contact where where can they find out more about credible coach uh, so we will be launching at the end of uh, November. So it will be CredibleCoach.co.uk. Uh, we do have an Instagram, which is uh, Credible underscore Coach. And uh, if you want to add me on LinkedIn and hear old updates about uh, the coaching industry, it's uh, Victoria Barker. I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes as well so that people can <laughs> find you. Uh, Victoria, I wish you the, the you know the most success with this i'm sure we'll keep in contact anyway and, and we'll, we'll be having conversations as we move forward but you know uh, you know just on air i want to say thank you for creating this i said this to you you know off air the other day but it, it's something that the industry really needs uh, you know i'm as somebody who is is coaching and as somebody who's also been stung financially by other coaches you know i you know i look at this and think you know where was this a few years ago when I needed it when I lost all that money as well so I am delighted that this is is here now and that it can help so many people to not just avoid the mistakes of working with the wrong coach but also help them to quickly identify who's going to be the right coach for them as well which is just the most important thing definitely and thank you for the feedback that's uh you know it's lovely to hear <laughs> uh, honestly i i absolutely love it i think it's a fantastic idea and, and and i highly highly recommend that people go and check it out and make sure to uh uh to see what's on there and and um yeah have a good mo- mooch around definitely go at least 
follow you on Instagram, if not, uh, sorry, at least follow you on uh, LinkedIn, if not, uh, if not, go and connect as well. Victoria, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. To all of our listeners, really hope you've enjoyed this on Inspire Radio and Billionaires in Boxers and anywhere else that you might be listening to this globally. And uh, until next time. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time.